welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. Welcome to episode four of I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman. So today is our first interview with an industry expert, and I'm very excited because I have a dear friend, Daisy, joining me who owns an independent jewellers in Caution, Wiltshire, which is near where I am, called Coppin of Caution. Coppin? Coppins? Coppin. Coppins of Caution. Um, and she is going to talk to us all about engagement rings because if you tuned into the last two episodes, we spoke about proposals. So I will hand it over to her. She's not taking charge. We're doing it together. Introducing ladies and gentlemen, introducing Daisy. Woo! Let's be now, I have quite a lot to live up to now, Liv, from now I know. Um, so, Daisy, tell the listeners briefly who you are and what do you do? Where are you in the world? Well, we're in the, in the jewellery world. In the jewellery world. Well, we're in a quiet little corner of Caution, which is quite a sleepy little village. Um, but we've been there for nearly 40 years. My parents started the business and have since retired. And I've been there 20-something years and we have a workshop on site and we make all manner of jewellery, repairs, and design, all kinds of things. Do you have to, no, I don't know much, so bear with me. Do you have to train? Do you make the jewellery yourself or do you just own the shop and run it and sell beautiful things? I'm the latter. I own the shop yeah. and run it myself. <laughs> I'm a buyer. I have to Yeah. I do have a fantastic team of people in the workshop thing. We've got fine jewellers. Did your, when your dad ran it, did he make the jewellery or did he run the shop? He did. Oh, he, he did the jewellery and ran the shop. Oh. <laughs> so did you, how old were you when you started working there? 20, 21. Well, I had a Saturday job when I was old enough to have some of the things. Yeah. We lived upstairs. Child of Yeah, Yes, you Absolutely. So I was always around it. there. Uh, yeah. Lots of memories of dancing around the workshop in the evenings with dad when he was working late. Oh, my God. Is that, that, that sounds like a, like a Dickens novel. It was. It really was. <laughs> and our property, where we work from, is very Dickens, I remember saying. It is, actually. So what what was it? Was it? Oh, what's the one with the bloke with the top off? Kind of cutting down the straw. Oh, pole dark. Yeah. See, you know what I was talking about. I'm there. So Poldark, am I right, Alto? Yeah. Poldark filmed where we are in Wiltshire, uh, the Laycock and Caution, where Daisy's shop is. They filmed loads of stuff and they filmed Poldark outside your shop. They did film some of it in the high street. Did you see him? I did. I have, I've got a wonderful picture on my phone of him just outside the shop and I was peering through the lines and he had to look at me and I managed to slap it in the right shop. But like, I, did you maintain eye contact? I didn't. Uh, and I looked at that picture quite often. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Late at night. What are you looking at? Shut up. Go to sleep. Amazing. So, yeah, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful shop. So, you do all kinds of jewelry. We do. You make all kinds of jewelry. And that's like a whole, we'll probably have to do another podcast because that's like a whole different ball game. But I want to talk engagement rings. Yeah. So, the last couple of episodes, I spoke about proposals. So, I'm just going to fire some questions at you. Right. So, I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested. I want to know how often do you think. We shouldn't assume the man is proposing, but traditionally, whatever, whatever. Let's say he or she is proposing. How often do you think they come in before they propose, as opposed to I propose now we need a ring? Nearly always. Yeah, I'd say probably eighty percent of the rings that we sell are to people who are buying them, without the knowledge of the person they're going to give it to. Do they look nervous? 
Is it really lovely? It's really lovely. And sometimes you get people who you know exactly what they want and they come in and they've got their Instagram and they've got oh, their Pinterest board that she sent over to them. But they come in and they're like, oh, I can imagine them like shuffling in, like, oh, I'm going to prepare. Yeah, some people are quite shy and nervous because a lot of people have been into a jewellery store before. They've never had an easy to. So they come in and they're looking to make a really significant yeah. in purchase and they have no idea where to start. So, yeah, and then, as I say, some people who know exactly what they want and some people who are just looking for inspiration. So if Tom, Dick or Harriet was to come in and, and have no idea, they don't have the Pinterest board mm-hmm. um, as inspiration, where would you even begin? I normally start by finding out a little bit about the person who's for. Well, I normally say, do they like delicate jewellery? Well, no, I don't. Find out what they wear at the moment. Yeah. And if they say she buys all of her jewellery from accessorise and she likes gold and you know, it's all sparkly, then it gives me something to, sh- to start by okay. Or if it's like old and antique. And... Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But surely there'll be people out there who couldn't, don't even register what they're wearing. Oh, definitely. There's plenty of them. Yeah. And to be fair, sometimes I don't get it right, but I'm going to have someone bring it back. Oh, uh, in my 20 years, probably three times. Oh, really? So not often. Not often. See, now you say that, but I don't think you and I were doing this before. So all of my significant jewellery is from Daisy. <laughs> None of the cheap stuff, but all my significant jewellery, my engagement ring, my wedding band, and my post present, which again is a whole other story, um, is all from Poppins Courtroom. And James told me that he actually had another ring. Do you remember that? And he swapped it. He said, not from someone else, from you. He'd like bought one and after a few weeks of having it, he was like, this isn't the right one. Well, yeah, we did decide on one design and then he said no. Yeah, well, you want to be wary of men that change their mind. So what he did, and I'm interested if if this is a service you offer, Mm -hmm. is a bespoke ring absolutely and quite often that's the route we end up going down because people will look in the cabinets and will give them ideas or combinations of photographs that they've got etc and realize that what they want is a yellow gold version of that ring but with a bigger stone middle and mm. it wants to be a sapphire not a topaz etc etc so yeah we can make completely bespoke pieces do you just draw it up do you show them and you mock up an image how does that how do they yeah, it? i can draw it or depending on how we would make it we might um provide an image through cat design that's really effective oh you see yeah so, yeah we don't half up there god that's that hardship so if they come in then so if they come in and they say i'm really proposed and you ask all these lovely questions and you're very closely correct i wouldn't be then if you say to them do you know what size they are what ring size mm-hmm. how many times have people come in and they, they've done like oh i put a piece of string around their finger or they're asleep yeah we do get that sometimes literally a piece of string with airway it's expandable they're quite stretchy yeah. you can put it on the ring stick and then keep pushing and keep pushing so not very accurate is that why most people do it do you think no most people guess i think how would they guess well they look at my hands they look at the hands of all the ladies in the shop and oh my like, i choose hands they think they're most like and we can adjust it afterwards. It's dead easy. So if it's right, we just tweak it. Have you ever been really offended? Like, like if they're like, my house, God, they're much nicer. Oh, yeah, no, I get a little taller than yours. Yeah. <laughs> they're much longer and slenderer. It's sort of nice and ends. So do they ever pinch rings? Do they ever like pick? Because that's what I would do. I would pinch their ring that they already wear. Yes. Yeah. And even if it's on a different finger, it gives us an idea of, you know, 
proportions and size and stuff. So, you can... but then how easy is it if they buy a ring and it doesn't ship? Because that must happen a lot, right? But it doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah, it does, but it's quite straightforward to adjust. Is it? Yeah, it's quite proper to make bigger or smaller. Yeah, not really easy. As long as we're within a few sizes, as long as it's not like eight on. So they come in and you ask these questions and they choose a ring. Would they take it away that day if it's on the shop floor? Yeah, they can do. We've got quite a lot rings in the shop. Yeah, far too many. And so, yeah, there's there's lots to choose from. We're just lots to get inspiration from, really, and get ideas. So how often do they do they buy the first time they come in? Probably not the first time. I think quite often people come in, they have a look, and they have to go away and digest it, because, like I say, it's such a, an emotional one of the yeah, no, purchase that they, to take the plunge is it's a big step, isn't it? Well, do you know what? I think that, actually, when you get to the point of proposing, I think you should be at a point where you're pretty sure they're going to say yes. Absolutely. I think it's more pressure buying the ring, mm. <clears throat> like choosing a piece of jewellery that that person's going to love and wear on their hand every single day of their life. Look at it every day. Yeah, I think that's a lot of pressure. And to be honest, it's a lot easier when typically the man comes in on his own to buy an engagement ring because he will make a decision, whereas when couples come in together to choose, mm. quite often they have different ideas of what what they should have. How often do the, the person who's proposing, how often will they bring in like the mum or a friend or... Sometimes the person buying buying the ring will bring the best you know the best friend of the person receiving it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that happens quite often. Actually. Does it? Yeah, it does. And is it a whole thing? Oh, I just think it's so romantic. Do you love it? I do. It's really nice. And you know, to be fair, some guys come in and they tell you what they've got to spend, and they pick one, and that's it. But fair enough. Yeah. And other people come in and they just care so much about all the detail, and they so want to get it right. Yeah. That is, it's just really nice. So. Now, I was looking at rings today, because I looked at rings every day, as you do. Well, I looked at one, and I was like, well, that to me, like, an untrained eye. I was like, right, that is a huge, great, big rock. But why is that £1,000? And that tiny little bugger is £5,000. Mm-hmm. Now, it's because of, I'm testing myself, is it because of the four Cs? You got it. The four Cs. <laughs> right, let me see. Cut. Yeah. Carrot. Clarity, colour. Yeah, oh, no, gosh. Yeah, I'm doing it. I, 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 did. No, I actually did Google that. I should have, but I just, I just remember that. So talk us through that then, because that, that will confuse a lot of people. Okay. Like you can go to a high street jeweller and you'll see a shoot, like I say, you'll see a huge rock and it's mm. 500 quid. And then a, so that confused, I think the size A up is what confuses people. Okay. So talk us through the four, the four C's, sailing the four C's. Well, a carrot is a weight, so obviously it will denote the size. So about the size, the carrot is weight, not necessarily how how big it measures. So you might find something that's half a carrot, point five bone carrot. Yeah. And so it, typically it should measure about five millimeters, but it might measure a little bit less, or it might measure a little bit more, depending on the cut. And depending on the stone, are some stones heavier than others? Yes. Yeah. So that's typically of a diamond, but if it was a sapphire, you'd get something that's a little bit bigger. And get more bang for your buck. Interesting. So that, okay, so that's, hang on, you've lost me again. Carrot. Yes, that's carrot. Carrot is the weight and it leads into cut. It does, because the ideal cut for a diamond or any stone is to allow the maximum amount of light to enter it, be reflected around based on a good proportion of the cut, and reflect back out to your eye. So you see the vibrancy of the colour or the vibrancy of the clarity of the diamond. Um, so then, the carrot, carrot, carrot. I know we were only having on our first class of like 
So carrot then goes into cut, which I imagine then goes into clarity and colour. Yes. Yeah. So because you can get quite. Does the colour dictate the quality? Yes, it is. It's definitely part of the quality and part of its appearance value ultimately. So a really nice white bright diamond um, is going to be more expensive than one that's lower down the scale, even if it's smaller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Quite. I mean, there's a balance. There's somewhere in the middle where you can find a stone that's a good size mm. and a good quality, but you know, not yeah, that doesn't have to be the absolute top. I do think you can tell a di you can tell the difference in different lights, can't you? With hundred well, percent, yeah. There are certain lights I find the bathroom light of my in laws' bathroom to be particularly <laughs> a spark on the old ring. And then when I was we were shopping the other day or something, the lights just stopped. She's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Look how it's sparkling." <laughs> and then another light, a normal daylight or whatever, it can look a bit flat. Yeah, yeah. It's completely normal. That's just how diamonds behave. And sometimes in the shop, people say that the stones look really sparkly. And I always say, we'll take them to the window. We'll take them outside. I can ride. I've got trains. You know, I can make it after you. You go for it. Yeah. <laughs> but don't you... But then they do... Everything looks better in the shop. And then that's like clothes, art. Everything's going to look better and shinier. And it's clean, isn't it? It is. Yeah, that's something to consider, I suppose. How often do you... Does the setting of the stone then... What does that dictate? I don't know what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so the style of the ring that the stone is set in yes. can affect how bright and lovely it looks. So some things, if you've got a really nice diamond, it would be a shame to put it in a rubber over setting, which is where you have a rubber over setting or a bezel setting, where oh. you have the bezel all the way around the edge, so it's quite encased. Yes, I don't like that. Well, it's quite modern. It's really it? If you're horsey or if you're really hands-on, it really... Or like a doctor or something. Yeah. Exactly. It is practical. That, and that's why the basil or run over. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You did say first class. <laughs> that's a rub down. Bezel. Bezel or rub over. Oh, that was close. Rub down or run over. <laughs> so that's the bezel one is the encased. Yeah. And what's and the rub down? That's the same. Just two, two ways of saying oh, okay. two different terms. And what about the one like with my engagement ring? It has like a hole in the bottom. Yeah, so that's claw set, so you allow the maximum amount of lighting to the stone. It just allows the diamonds to sparkle. The, the more light you can get in, yeah, the brighter they'll look, and the easier it is to keep clean as well. When you say that, mine is pure filth. <laughs> my rings and my mind. Um, so do you think that diamonds are still the most popular for engagement rings? Yes, but you know, 10 years ago, people would come in for an engagement ring and they would nine times out of 10 buy a solitaire. And it's definitely not like that now. Now the trend is very much towards anything that isn't the norm. Oh, really? And and at the moment, that not norm is more yellow stones, definitely more yellow gold than platinum yes. wine gold than we had seen. Um, it, there was a big trend towards halo clusters, and that yes. tends to be petering out a little bit. I think that's one of so that's the style talking to the, again the untraders where you've got like bigger diamond in the middle and then lots of little rings yes. around the outside. And those are the style of rings, I think, in the high street shops that you're like, wow, that's so sparkly, but it costs £500. Yes, because you get a combination of lots of smaller stones and set together to look like one large one. Right, rather than one huge stone would yeah. be a lot more money. Yeah. So it's really effective. And if you have got, you know, have got a tight budget, then there's nothing wrong with it. God, no. It gives you a really good look. Yeah. But it's just a different look. And at the moment, it doesn't seem to be what people want. And, you know, you can have... A larger coloured stone, which we're seeing a lot more of, all kinds, of, all kinds of coloured stones. And in 
more geometric shapes. Um, we've done a really nice trillion, which is a triangular shape with sort of flattened rounded corners. Oh, nice. And um, that's beautiful. That's an engagement ring. Yeah. Oh, wow. And did they design that? Yes. Yeah, we did that together. Oh, wow. And also quite a lot of really narrow bands. Yeah. Like a big pear shaped stone. I'm not one of them. Because when you come to the wedding ring, you can really play with the wedding ring then. You have to think of them as pear. Yeah. So if you've got a shaped engagement ring, you could do quite a jazzy. Um, we've done yeah, cool. a, a bit like this time. A bit like a stack, a stacking ring. Yes, where you rub one ring and keep the other, the other bit in. That's still a trend, isn't it? And in fact, last week I had a lady in. She had an engagement ring and she was obviously too polite and lovely to say to her fiance. Didn't come from us. Um, that it wasn't quite what she wanted. It's something about her wedding ring. She's having two. She's having one either side to beef it up a bit. Because actually, that's right. I think people don't people don't necessarily consider the wedding band when they think about the engagement ring. No. And if they do, they think, oh, I can't choose a, a, a funny shaped mm. engagement ring because then where, what will happen to the wedding band? But you just customise it. Yeah, absolutely. We do a lot of shaped rings. And they used to be... There used to be a trend just towards quite plain shaped ones to rip things around. But now we do ones which, as I say, are sort of a TMR style. So we have so cool. tapered um, sort of points going around the stone, yeah. the main stone with graduated diamonds in. And it could just be really painful, really fun, because as I say, no one wants to be normal. No. one wants to have something that's a bit different. And with that case, everything's completely custom. Do you think, is there a big difference between the ages of your couples like will younger people are they wanting something more different whereas the older couples maybe second marriage do you get is there a... yeah they're probably more classic i think yeah and like comes out of 10 they come in and they pick up something here that's nice but that's like my first one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god did you do people ever come back to you and they're like this is and like reset oh my god you've got a story oh well i know we won't say names it's fine no i can't remember they name but we, I have sold two engagement rings to the same person because he bought one and then really five years later the marriage ended, I bought the rings back. And then you came in a couple of years later and bought another engagement ring. And how did you phrase that? What the hell are you doing back here? Well, I did, I, I did a double take when he walked in. So you recognised him? Because there's some people, as I say, I've been there a long time and then there's some people who come in and they, I sold another engagement ring 10 years ago. Then they come in for their wedding rings and then they come in and she's got a bump. So they buy it and said, Oh, yeah. They come in with the pram and, you know, buy a christening present. It's so lovely. That is so nice. So you, get, you get to build a relationship. It's really nice. Well, that's what you've done with me. <laughs> <laughs> that is so nice because actually it, it does signify, I still think, I'm quite old school, but I do think a piece of jewellery is a, is a wonderful material reminder of a significant event. Absolutely, and whether it's your engagement ring or any piece of jewellery, mm. all white pieces of jewellery, I've got a story. Mm. And they do, don't they? They evoke that emotion, that memory. So, And you feel, I feel naked without my rings on. You really know if they're not there. I mean, the other day, because we're recording this in the middle of a heat wave, the other day it was so hot that I took off all my all my jewellery, like my rings, my earrings, my necklace, just lay there. And all with your underwear and their gloves. It just all came off. Oh. And then he walked through the door, I was like, don't even look at me. <laughs> don't even gaze in my direction. <laughs> if it is so hot. <laughs> I know, don't even want to be touched. Do you? you think it's very common now that a man will wear a wedding band? Yes. Yeah, I think most, most men do. Maybe not all of the time. But don't you think that's quite a generational thing? My dad doesn't wear a ring. So married. No, 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 I suppose my dad didn't. No. For the first 30 years of our marriage. So, there you go. I sent. I used to work in a jeweler's years ago. Nothing 
like the, the quality that you have, but uh, a high street jewelers. And I remember that whenever the men came in to try on wedding bands, if they weren't used to wearing jewelry, they would always try them on and be like, oh, I can't get it off. Like that's that's the point. I don't know. That's, it's not supposed to be easily removed <laughs> and hidden in your pocket. I know that when they're trying them on, they're going to get to the knuckle going outside. Yeah, like, yeah. like, yeah, that'll do. All the way down. Like it's embarrassing to all of them. Stand there with their, with their hands, like completely yeah. palm, like, palm out. Hey, look, spring that tree. Let me just relax your hand, put it by the side. What's the most common metal? Do you ever have diamond wedding rounds for that? Occasionally, but we don't get many things with Beckhams. No, that is a shame, isn't it? We should get more taken Beckhams in caution. What's the most um, common metal for a wedding band for a man? Platinum or titanium. Yeah, titanium. Is that the most durable, isn't it? It is. Really tough. And not too expensive. And, yeah. It's um, it's got that nice dark colour which quite often goes with gents other jewelry like that watches or cafe. Yeah. Um, so that's really popular. Or platinum if they want something that's hard wearing and pure. I know I write the that you you should have the same metal with your engagement ring to your wedding band. Ideally, yes, because they'll wear at the same rate, they've got the same properties. Whereas if you have an eighty carat gold ring next to a nine carat gold ring the name will wear slightly differently. It's not the end of the world, but it's it's not ideal. But also the colours can vary slightly. You have different carrots, so we'd always recommend that you stick to the same. Do you get many rose gold? I love rose gold. Yes, a rose gold tends to be people who want something that's a little bit more rustic looking, so something that's more handmade, maybe mm-hmm. a bit beaten, a bit of texture. Mm-hmm. That's popular, especially with gents. Yeah, I like rose gold. And I do think actually it makes a big difference what it looks like on your skin tone. Definitely, really. And the same for all styles of ring and colours of metal, I think. It's not until the writing's on that you know what suits you. So you can have an idea of what you want, but when you see it in reality, yeah. it may not be what you're expecting. So you were saying earlier that it's it's sometimes more complicated when the couple come in together as opposed to that. What happens in that process then? Will they book an appointment with you or will they just come in or... Sometimes they just come in or they're welcome to book an appointment, of course. And we'll just, yeah. So that's chat gear everything. Yeah. See what kinds of things appeal to them. And sometimes the, the chap will just say, well, if that's what you want, darling, that's fine. Oh, for dream. I go, if that's what you want, make it cheaper. <laughs> you do a small design. Yeah, I know. It's lovely, but less. <laughs> and that's a lot more difficult when you, I suppose you've got two opinions, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. And sometimes they're, and you've got one person paying. Yes. And one person wearing. What's interesting is sometimes you get a chap who say, well, you've got to wear it. You've got to look at it every day. And then she'll try something on and say, I really like that. Oh, I do. Yeah. Shut up. I don't know. Isn't that funny? It's like, we don't We don't tell you when you grow a beard, but we don't want to get your face. I know. I know that. Do you ever, do people ever buy other pieces of jewellery instead of a ring to propose with? Occasionally they'll buy a silver ring or something less expensive just to propose with. Yeah. But it's usually always a ring. Really? Yeah. I know that you used to travel quite a lot to source stone. And you haven't done that, I imagine. No, I haven't done that since pre-COVID. In fact, I was on a buying trip in America when COVID hit and we came back the day before lockdown. Because oh, wow. We had to, but we were in the airport in San Francisco and they announced their lockdown in the city so we just we kind of just got out of time um but yeah the, that was a fantastic trip i bought these beautiful sapphire beads these oh gorgeous emeralds i still don't know what to do with this but they just sat at my desk looking at me every day which is too much do you find it hard to buy for other people 
not anymore. I think when I started, I used to buy things that I thought I could sell. And mm-hmm. in fact, what's what's better is I trust my instincts mm-hmm. now. I don't buy things because they're fashionable or someone tells me that this is a great buy. I buy things because I love them. Particularly, it's so much easier to sell something you love. That's what I learned in retail. You can't, if you hate something, people are going to see it on your face. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, really. And it's been going for 40 years and it's a successful independent business. So obviously, you're doing something right. Yeah, I think we just have to stick to our guns. We stick to what we know how to do well. Um, and people either buy into that or they don't really. But then we're just honest to ourselves and honest to you as a consumer. That when we find something we think special, then it is special because we've been around the world, we've looked at all kinds of things, and this is what we've picked out. In your travels, where do you think is like if you were in the jewelry trade, the go to place? Like they say, like for fashion, you'd go to Milan or London or New York. Where would you go for jewels? Where do I need to go? I know that is a good question. I just came up with it. Where would you go? Where do you need to go? Um, I think if you have an idea of what you're looking for, then probably India. I'll go to Sri Lanka. Birmingham Jewelry Quarter. Oh, that's a lad for it. I was really. No, 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 actually. That's India or Sri Lanka? Yeah. Sri Lanka is sapphires, isn't it? Yeah. Because that will, that's where we went on honeymoon. Because I think I spoke to you about that afterwards and I said, like, I've, I've just won the Sri Lankan sapphire now no. to, like, signify that. Basically, any occasion I want jewelry. It's, it's fun. As a memento. And India's amazing, isn't it? Well, it is because it's you know, place to source, so there's all sorts of only things come from over there, sapphires and rubies and tourmalines and garnets. And so it's, and it's fun. When I went to Sri Lanka, I just really enjoyed, I was fortunate enough to go with the Gemological Association. So we went to lots of different mines and cutting factories. Oh, well, but, you know, it's all there for the consumer as well. It doesn't, you don't have to be trained. No. Um, you just need to have a, some idea of what you're looking at. So... You don't buy something that's completely irregularly shaped and too deep and impractical. Do people often ask you about the history of the stones or are they just not bothered? Uh, they're interested in the origin and where they've come from and the folklore, but not necessarily history, I suppose. Do you sell um, antiques and vintage pieces? Not really. No. No, no I stick to the new because I've got, if I go out travelling, then I know what I'm buying, but also I've got three or four new people that I buy from. And they do what I do. They go out. They've got their name suppliers. Yeah. They, you know, they'll quite often they'll go to the mine and see the people who are digging it up. Then I'm into the factory where that it was. was so cool. So it's really traceable. Yeah. It's also important to, to me, and that's more important to the consumer than ever. I think mm. everyone's interested in. But you know where it's coming from. Yeah. The story and the, the ethical process. I also feel like if I was to buy antique ring, there would be like a spirit in it. Yeah, I feel like I would. It would go on my finger. I mean, I've just finished watching Stranger Things, so <laughs> so. so I feel like there would be like a little old lady. It always makes me think of Titanic. Well, it's really romantic way of looking at. Mm. When she throws the what is it, the sapphire sapphire necklace? What would that be worth? I haven't. Oh, well, would it be? It would be. I have no idea. What's the most? I'm just such a kid now. What's the most? expensive stone you've held in your hands? Oh, I don't know. We've just sold a ring, which was £100,000. Which was an eight and a half shaped diamond. Which was that a local person? And do they have a son? I couldn't possibly disclose. Couldn't possibly disclose. But that was huge. That was a rock and a half. That is mega phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. 
I know people, uh, people of people, these are not people in my world, but I know of people who have been blessed and have got these insanely huge diamond rings mm. and they can't even wear them out. Or they wear them and people just assume they're fake from our senses because they're so big, obviously that's fake. Exactly. But I think there's a there's some kind of balance in the middle. My mum always used to wear real stones and then she had this this pair of big CZ that's that she wore and oh, no. she was the jewelist wife. So Oh my god, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Do you um in terms of taking care of your jewellery, you, how often would you recommend having your engagement ring professionally cleaned? Probably annually. In the real worth. How do I leave my money tonight? <laughs> and for lunch or sort of So if you had Three top tips for someone looking to buy an engagement ring. What would your three top tips be? I would say maybe try and drop some hints, do a bit of research maybe with their friends. Yeah. And to get some idea. Some idea. Some idea of the sort of thing they might like. Yeah. And think about if you would like colour or diamonds, what colour the metal might want to be, because that's kind of quite fundamental. Yeah. And obviously... Some sort of idea on budget helpful. What's difficult though is I think that a lot of people, in theory, a lot of people haven't been married before, so they haven't um, done a lot of this before, and they just don't realise how expensive not just rings, but how expensive everything is. Yeah. So you're right. Do some research and don't walk into an independent jeweller's wanting a ten carat ring for a hundred and something grand. I've <laughs> got fifty quid. I can certainly help. Yeah, right. Well, Beast service any budget. Well, uh, virtually, yeah. But I think it's just about finding the right piece for the person. Yeah. And sometimes that that kind of denotes where your budget goes and where the style goes. So I find it really helpful to see. Well, it sounds a bit cheesy, but to see a photograph of the person it's for. Oh, a hundred percent. I can imagine. Helps that. me so much about them, their style. Yeah. Yeah, that's really useful. We always say that if we make something or, you know, you buy something that's not quite right, but always change it. I believe you with a ring that you're not going to love for the rest of your life. Cry amazing. Yeah. It's got to be right. Can you add to it? Yeah. If, you, if you bought what I didn't like, I don't like it, don't return it. Just buy me another one. <laughs> I'll just pretend I don't like it. Oh, and this is upgrading. I had one last week. The lady's got half a carat diamond. They've been married 15 years and we're now putting a carrot in the middle and another half a carrot on the other side of that. So she's just oh, like, spend I don't know. I'm, I am due another one. It's been at least 15 months <laughs> since my last couple's of caution purchase. Thank you very much for joining us, Daisy, and teaching us all about jewellery. Amazing fun. And if you want to check it out, I'll put all the links to Coppers of Caution up on my Instagram. DM me with any questions at not that Olivia Coleman and follow Coppins of Caution on Instagram. And if you've got any questions or queries or you want to share any of your proposal stories, then please get in touch. Thank you very much, my darling. My pleasure. Speak to you all soon. Bye. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee. Um, a high street jeweler and buy. So that's my husband calling. You need to edit that out. Airplane mode. Edit that out, Drew.